this episode of the Orville was in a way like a dream. Like, you know, I got the call from central casting to see if I wanted to be Seth's lighting double. Like they just called me like, oh, we thought of you. I'm like, great. Yeah, that sounds cool. So I did the pilot and then I got to come back for the whole first season. And then the second season, they called me again and they said, do you want to do, you know, season two? And I said, Welcome to Sure You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. Uh, today I have a friend of mine who I've been doing comedy with for a long time, and he has since moved on to greener pastures. Uh, <laughs> he is now actually a TV star or a budding TV star. Is that fair to say? He's a- yeah, we'll, we'll say on the cusp of something either great or terribly, terribly <laughs> terrible. Right. Well, yeah, I would, I'd say you're probably right about where... Jimmy was when we started this podcast and he uh he went to the point where you know he doesn't do podcasts anymore he's Jimmy O Yang he was oh, on yeah, Silicon yeah. Valley yeah and so right like our first year doing the podcast he is like just like you oh welcome to the show Mark Mamone oh, yes, there you go forgot the, <laughs> the critical introduction and name and whatnot um yeah Jimmy was uh you know he was just sort of like kind of on the show Silicon Valley and then yeah. he had like he, he definitely had like a season where he was starting to get like his big moments and and it just you know he got a fan base just out of that so oh he's uh, he was so good in it too it was such a weird part and it was it was one of those parts that either it would just exist like that and go away or it would just be something so wildly successful because it was so absurd. Yeah. How yeah. vicious he was. Like he was so mm. mean to Erlock. Erlick. Yeah. Erlick, right? Erlick. Uh, Erlick. It's yeah. just I don't know. That was such a fun comedic thing because Erlick was this like, you know, bigger than life, boisterous, like I know everything and uh-huh. I need to be in charge of everything. And then you have this guy is like just <laughs> torturing him yeah and it had like this weird like off-camera meta feeling i mean i'm not they they actually get along really well but i mean it oh, was yeah. weird and that was the same thing because you know um and then he yeah. did that uh crazy rich asians right yep yeah now that's that's where we lost him no the seriously that was the first time you leave the podcast and uh because he's like yeah sorry i'm in um i'm in uh where did he go malaysia so there were a bunch of episodes so we, i think we I, you know started to leak out we we're we put on the podcast like jimmy's not here because he's important and in malaysia so that's oh yeah i didn't that's see why i wanted to make sure yet. i got you now before that happened <laughs> so i think we just have so everybody time. knows you're uh on the the tv show the orville by uh yes seth MacFarlane, and yep. that is a great show and i love it and i'm imagining most people listen to a science and comedy podcast would probably love it too so i'm best betting there's a lot of fans uh, well, out there listening to it I think, yeah, it is a very science and comedy. Like, I know Seth has a science consultant that he oh, uses. Oh, I can tell. I absolutely can tell. It's He's, really good. And by the way, if he needs a backup, I do science consulting. So You know, <laughs> I don't think that he has no shortage of people in his corner. I mean. I absolutely can tell. It's actually yeah. one of the things I really love about it is it's science consulting is possibly better than like the normal Star Treks, which are like supposed to be, you know, motivating like the future geeks and nerds of the world but he's always really careful to like say it which is hilarious in a like a comedy right oh yeah (laughs) well i mean i i think and i and i've only heard him say it that he uh it's it's a drama with humor so Mm -hmm. it's not i don't think he likes the word drama he doesn't want it to be a comedy i think whenever it first came out a lot of people didn't like it because they thought it was going to be family guy in space Mm -hmm. so people were mad about that but i'm glad it's not because you know, Family Guy is its own thing. It doesn't need to be. Well, let's put let's put the same kind of jokes in a different scenario. So mm-hmm. it's like it's nice that it's there's you know it's it's got heart, but it's also got fun. You know, it's funny. And the first season I felt like was very dealing with a lot of things that are going on in normal life. Mm-hmm. And I think that this season so far is really the stuff that's happening to the people on the ship and it's happening to the characters that are in the Orville. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's so much better because we're getting to know them way more. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I think this season is more successful. Just, you know, even like, I like it even more now because I feel like we're watching 
these people mm -hmm. so it's just it's a total coincidence like as my parts become bigger i uh, <laughs> i suddenly think the show's doing better and it's great <laughs> right you never know <laughs> so you don't strike me as somebody i mean you have arm tattoos right. you don't strike me as somebody who's like a like a star trek fan or something as a kid or anything i like never that. watched it uh, yeah that's I'm exactly not a, what i was I'm expecting not a star trek if i had fan. taken a poll before <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah yeah there's no way this guy's ever watched no. anything <laughs> i'm not even like i've watched the first star wars uh, the first three where I guess is the second. That's not three. even considered nerdy anymore. Now I know it's That's, so mainstream. Yeah, I have not it's... seen anything beyond the prequels. Wow, uh, you you did it the wrong way then. I watched <laughs> yeah, I watched the seventies ones and then I watched the prequels and oh, then I oh, haven't that's watched what you meant any. By, by, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you meant I only watched the prequels. And right, that was just right, like, right. Can you imagine running into somebody like no, 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 the other ones are good. I swear, like yeah, and they're just oh, like what? No way. No, Jar Jar Binks. Where do you yeah, come from? What is Which going everybody's on? so pissed off about him, and I'm like, I didn't mind him. I guess. I mean, he is annoying and he uh -huh. was a terrible character, but it's probably because you. You had a lisp as a kid or something. Maybe. Yes, maybe. I don't know. I, took sorry, yeah, like, I don't know what's uh, everybody's so mad about. Uh, was it Misa? <laughs> very embarrassing that would be, right? To run into somebody. Right? <laughs> to somebody who's like really mad that everybody hates Jar Jar. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, that's like the hero of that generation. It's like, this is, we, need, we, need, we need somebody to speak for us. Jar -Jar. Actually, Jar Jar does explain a lot of millennial politics nowadays. So maybe that's part of it. Oh, Do you know really? Borg? Bork? Bork, the the character from the new, the very recent. So you didn't see it, I guess, but they have this little, also like kind of annoyingly cute bird-like thing on called, Star Wars. Yeah, mm. and it's funny. Is like he's actually super likable. Like they they successfully made what Jar Jar was, and I always just think it'd be so. I always just feel like Jar Jar is just sitting there steaming somewhere, but like, man, fuck Bork. That's fuck Bork. Yeah, he's like. Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting there like he can't get work. It's like, on, on, yeah, Bork comes in like, like yeah, he's, he's like, what? It. This guy's annoying you. I already have the annoying thing. It's like, well, it's like whenever on uh, Forrest Gump, that uh, Benjamin Buford Blue character, uh -huh. he couldn't get work because people thought that he was. Like, his gums were like that. Like, they didn't know that it was a prosthetic oh, man. thing. And no one wanted to have the awkward audition yeah. where they had to Like, have come in like, oh, you know, like, we're not looking for that character. But he was actually not that at all. But then the next big, big thing he got was Fences, where he plays this, like, I don't know if he was mentally slow or something. But he was like, there was something definitely wrong with him. Uh, well, sometimes you just get typecast in it. Yeah. What do you do? But if it was, if there was, if social media existed back then, he probably would have been fine because people could have seen just him. explain it. Yeah. Just at, yeah. you know, in and out. It's, it's so funny that, um, I don't know why, but so many people for a long time thought, and this is probably still might be true because of the crazy rich, but everybody thinks that's what Jimmy sounds like. Like, when he whenever oh, he goes really? stand up now yeah it was really weird to see his i used to do shows like uh you know i do shows with them and uh his audience has switched he doesn't really do stand up that much anymore but but his audience just like switched from fans of him to like fans of his character oh and it yeah. was really weird because they'd all come like man i love jing you know like thinking that that's his it's gonna be him yeah it's gonna be that all night is like which him i don't even know yeah it's like and then the first thing that comes out, like he even does it in the Oprah. I think he'll do the Jin Yang just to trick people. And like, he's like, no, nah, I, I don't actually talk like that. That's funny. <laughs> well, I, I actually met him. Um, one of the many jobs I've had out here was I, I, know the story. I worked for, uh, did it, do you? Yes, because I'm in the story. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was over, we talked about it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He came up to me, he's like, dude, do you go, this guy named Mark Mamone? Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, so uh, yeah, go ahead. Tell well, the story. So <laughs> one of the jobs I had was, you know, driving for a limo company, which wasn't actually limos. It was just Mercedes and SUVs like you it was know, just a nice car because he's such a modest guy. He didn't tell me that. Oh, really? Yeah. He said it was an Uber. Oh, no. It's like, yeah, yeah okay. the, I that's think just because he didn't want to. He was trying to be modest. He maybe. Be it like, might have been for that movie because I I mean, or Silicon Valley. I can't remember what was filming at the time because this was like a year and a half or two dude, years he also, ago. He goes to like every award ceremony and everything. Now. Oh, really? So, yeah. It's impossible to tell. He's like at everything. He's, he's at the stuff. Golden Globes. And well, this was also like, I don't know if he's gone to the yeah. Oscars yet, but. Well, is he going to go to the SAG Awards tonight? Uh, probably, yeah. Are My you? friend's going to, no. I'm not even going to watch it. I, I just realized that I didn't vote. Uh -huh. And I have so many things I will, I would have. I, I, I guess that's the only one where they don't, um, they don't like, uh, like, 
preach and patronize people there because it's just Hollywood Awards. True. So they're just like, well, we already agree and we've kicked out everybody who doesn't. So. Right. And then they always honor somebody. <laughs> it's only like when... I think they're honoring Alan Alda tonight. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, awesome. He was on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. He's the Our... MASH guy, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. among other things, he he started his own podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna I might take credit for that because he enjoyed doing our podcast quite a lot. So he, that's great. <laughs> See, you're 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 launch, you're relaunching careers right. in a new in right. a new medium. It's like I've done everything I can in acting. What is this <laughs> podcast? Right, I'm gonna do it. And he'll have you know he'll he'll beat WTF for the most successful podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, I really love doing this for that reason. It's like the easiest way to get to meet people like that. And oh, yeah. it's just the least effort, least cost. And I mean, it still costs a lot, but uh, I was going to say like, this is, isn't cheap equipment. Yeah. And, uh, and I got to edit it and do all this other stuff. Oh, you got to take out and all those. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Um, which reminds me, you can help support this podcast and I still badly need it. I'm still in the red, which is not good, but go to patreon.com SYJ. Please make a donation. Any amount, a dollar, two dollars, a hundred dollars a month. Any of those would be very helpful. And it helps keep uh, people coming in the door for free. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, every amount you nice give <laughs> no goes directly to the host and not even a gas card or a, I was offered ice water. The coffee is in the, the dishwasher. Not even coffee. So if you give a dollar, two dollars a month, we can maybe get a second set of coffee making equipment that isn't maybe doesn't need dishwasher. <laughs> Right. Well, I don't have a like a Fox budget, so you know. Well, I've actually, yeah. only, I've only been asked for somebody a guest to pay me pay them once, I and I'm not going to say can... who that was. But I was actually kind of shocked. I was like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. That. No, it wasn't. No, no, no. No, the reason I get people like that is because because it's science and comedy. It's outreach. Oh like, yeah. In fact, that's part of the problem. Is I'm as a scientist, even though I'm unemployed, I'm still expected to do all this stuff for free. Like I, I do this science consulting and sometimes I get paid, but a lot of times they just ask for a lot of my time and, you know, and it's just yeah. like, it's a public service. It's like the consulting service. I, I mean, I'm guessing Seth MacFarlane pays whoever does it, but a lot of people don't. Well, no, things. actually, and I'm, I've learned so much because, you know, I've worked in every aspect of this show, but like I, uh, if if like Seth's already the showrunner and creator, so mm -hmm. Fox puts the foots the bill for everything because if they allow him to pay for it or anybody to pay for it, then that basically is owning a larger piece of the show. Ah, uh, yeah. So <laughs> they want to buy it out from. <laughs> they want yeah. They want to be the you know the larger shareholder mm -hmm. because then whenever like the ad rev and everything like it's you know they get the lion's share and stuff like you, you learn so much about TV being on the other end of the camera and. That's been a great thing because whenever I booked the part, going in for that first, like going in for the day to shoot it, I was nervous, but I wasn't as nervous as I could have been because it's a scene with Seth. I can't give. Oh, that's awesome. I can't give the details of it. Okay. But like, although I'm probably gonna release this the day it comes out. Great. And I and it's not the 14th now. I don't think. I just looked and they're changing everything around. Well, because everything was a little late, right? Yeah. Is that no, no? Everything was on. It was on time. I think that they're just changing the episode order because they they think I what I think is the episode that I'm in. Not even biased. I think it's the best episode. Oh, awesome. it's a two-parter, and it's it's such a good episode. I just think the storyline is excellent. And he left all of everything on the first two on these two episodes out of the pile or out of mm -hmm. the um, trailer because mm -hmm. he didn't want to give anything away because it is. I think it's like the strongest. These two and the the last two, I think, are. Like, is, is this going to be a d just without telling us too much? Uh, do you think this is going to be a definite recurring character? I or or is it like you're dead and you're never coming back? Oh man! Well, I can't give anything <laughs> can't away, say. but okay. it's, uh, I can say that the chances of reoccurrence are slim. But it's a space show, so anything can happen. Right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> That's right. You they know, just, it's like they yeah they give you like a hypo spray and then you just it's, like boom, it's literally I'm back, a show where you make all of the rules and it's a, it's a genre where you can make anything up. Right. You know, as long as you keep the science accurate uh -huh. anything is possible yeah and then in worst case you know the things all science fiction especially star trek is notorious for this like it didn't go the way you want alternate universe exactly <laughs> like, exactly like, yeah sorry season three and five were just 
just completely yeah. you just kick them out you're like those were disasters it's so uh, much better the chemistry didn't work and you just alternate yeah, universe, alternate universe. <laughs> and that's the thing is like i everything that i've booked so far is all things that i'm not like really immersed in like the science fiction show you know orville i don't i've never watched star trek i was never really into that kind of stuff i booked uh the, the movie that i did in this neighborhood i had to learn croatian oh wow so that was a thing and then the last thing i just did was uh jay lee who's on the orville mm -hmm. he wrote and directed a movie and i play a over-the-top just asshole white cop Mm -hmm. All things that I'm not. I guess, you know, <laughs> you look like it though. I, yeah. I guess it's just the my skin tone and hey, hair parted on the side. I guess makes me a <laughs> prime candidate for dickhead cop. Yeah, and we did sketch together. That was fun. Yeah, I like that. Do I got to tell listeners about this? And oh uh, yeah, you brought me an like official Orville season one. What are these badges? Do yeah. they communicate with them? Like, oh, yeah. They have them on their wrists. Like yeah. oh, they press okay. that, but like, like a but giant this is, ass Apple But watch. this one goes here. Yeah, it's the it's basically a, a rank. That's so awesome. Oh my god! Thank you for bringing that. Yeah, yeah. See, this is why I don't pay guests. I I need things in return. See like, that? <laughs> he asks for your money it's and gets free Alan shit. Alda, <laughs> Alan Alda brought me a BMW. Actually. Oh good. Yeah. Good. Was, good. Uh, good. <laughs> That's Jimmy said it was the one he was riding, and then you're driving. Yes. <laughs> he drove it here, and then he he like actually had an Uber out because he gave you that BMW. Yeah, that was no, awesome. Jimmy, I can't remember where I drove him, but we we just kind of... And I, I never wanted to tell people, like, oh, I do stand-up or did stand-up. I think I just... I don't know. I just try to, like... It's you such did a clean break with thing. that. You just, like, did not want to do that anymore. Yeah. Was, After was... I did the Amazon special, which is not on Amazon anymore. It is on YouTube for free. If you just type in my name... And the letter or the word who, you can watch Mar it. Mar uh, Mark Mamone, Mamone who. dot 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 who. It's two M's. Yep, and, and I have Mark a little Mamone. part in the beginning of that. Yep, so. you've got a little part in the beginning. It was great. Everybody was so good and so mean, and I felt like nobody was acting. They were just like, "This is great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just tell Mark what I feel." But nobody <laughs> cares, and that's what LA comedy is like. When I did oh, yeah. it in Pittsburgh, nobody gives a shit here. It was great. Like you're doing bar shows, and people are actually genuinely wanting to watch comedy until you get. You know, somebody or me even like talking about stupid, stupid shit that we think is funny when we start out. And it's like, oh, it's shocking. So it's funny. And these people are like after work, just want to get a beer and chicken wings. And I'm up there like, uh, you ever fart in the shower? Like, this is, <laughs> this is funny, right? Like, nobody thinks of this. And like, and then like years later, like, I don't do jokes like that. But I did. I did do jokes like that. I had a whole thing on like farts. And I'm like in my 30s. <laughs> I, mean, I find that really relaxing, though. That's my favorite part about comedy. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's very hard to expand with that. Where thing, do you but... go? It's like, yes. Oh, <laughs> okay. Well, uh, what, what, what if you? Uh, what if you and, uh, and you have nowhere to go. It's right. like you've burnt your bridge on farting in a shower or walking through a fart and then miming it. And equating it to a spider web, and then crying, and then because crying. that's what your life has become. And then, and then like when you first, and this started, is on a Tuesday. And this is a on bar. a Tuesday in a bar. It's at eight o'clock, and you're fifteenth up, and everybody's already sick. And then you have like a political comic, and you have this other guy, his Alex Stipula or Stipulia, Stipula Stipula. He was so funny and so dirty, but so like it was basically like if a serial killer was recounting the things that he did to people. <laughs> And you thought it was like, that, this is that, funny. Yeah. He'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to do his jokes. But he he was very shocking, but funny shocking. And it was like, seriously, like, and he had this like wiry mustache and he looked crazy. Mm -hmm. But he sold it. And then I would get up after that and people are dying, laughing so hard at the most brutal things. And I'd get up there and be like, farts are crazy, right? And it's just... And then five years later, I decided to walk away. How? How can I walk away with such inventive, unique material? But I did. And I had a show after the after the show on Amazon, which I like to say that really, I just probably just posted on Amazon, but whatever, however it got there. I did a show at the Laugh Factory in February of what are we in 19 of 2016. Oh, and that was or 17, 16 or 17, 16. Yeah, and that was my last 
show ever because Neil Brennan was on it. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I remember yeah. watching him after my set. And I did like basically the same stuff that I did because I was so bad at writing. I'd be better at crowd work, which I was told when I used to tour with this guy that never do crowd work. So then I was like always afraid <laughs> to do crowd work because it's lazy. Like you're definitely not supposed to do it at the Laugh Factory. Right. right. Like you can do it at some places. It, uh, man. Yeah, you don't I've, do it at the Laugh Factory. I've so never... I did like my same material. And then I watched Neil Brennan go up there and I was like... <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, I have no business doing comedy. And I <laughs> Except he probably stopped. did, like, have you ever farted in the shower and it still just came out but hilarious? it was so much better. When he did it, it I was like, relevant. it was politically charged. I was like, yes, farting in the shower, but also hyper, you know, masculinity. Like, how did he do it? Hyper toxic masculinity. Right. So good. He's like, God damn it. Why did I see that connection? And I was in Pittsburgh just yelling about farting in a shower, but it was just the basis of farting in a shower. And he, Neil Brennan was like, but let's think about that. <laughs> let's take that apart. Yeah. yeah let's, let's unpack this box. And mine would just be, you open the box, there's a fart in there. Right. Oh, it's a picture of Mark farting in the shower. That's it. Miming a fart in the shower. Through a spider web. <laughs> Yeah, so how? why could I leave comedy? Well, you're definitely in a great place now that is the envy of a lot of comics, so I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, I... Well, yeah. So one of the things that's depressed me the most is just seeing a lot of my friends get better and better and famouser and famouser and, you know, getting, like, lots of time, and then it's still just being crushing on them. You know, oh, yeah. just crushing in, not making money, being I, exhausting. Doing it for free and taking so much time... To do it in the bringer shows. Good God. I just I just felt like doing stand up in LA was really you're performing in front of fifteen people waiting to go up and not listening to you. So it's like really hard to to work on material unless you find a friend that will let you get into like one of those cool shows out outside of town. Right. Right. That you can actually either work on stuff or do stuff that you can get a real response from. Yeah. And that's what Although was great sometimes about Pittsburgh. those audiences can be just really fucking weird. Well, that's I mean, true. if they're if they're in the outskirts of LA or yeah. something. Or if they lived here and then like they're jaded like let's go see a comedy show. But like in <laughs> Pittsburgh it like people were really like hungry oh, to I see I love it. going to other cities. That's my oh, favorite. I love doing Pittsburgh uh, comedy. I, I to, did it for a year. I used to travel for work and that was one of the things I could do. I would if I was traveling through a city, I would just try and do a show somewhere and that was that was my that was the most fun because it was like it was it wasn't you know it was just suddenly people you knew didn't know you yeah. and like would never see you again and <sighs> there was no way they ever saw you do the same material before and yeah it's it was that's nice. what whenever I, so i used to tour with christopher titus uh that was like when i first moved here that was my first real like oh my god this is this is so easy here uh, why is everybody complaining? <laughs> so I toured with Christopher Titus, and I was also his personal assistant, which was the hardest job I've ever had because uh-huh. he was like everything I did. He was like, "Well, did you really do it?" Like I'd turn in my hours, and he'd be like, "Well, what did you do?" Like I'm like, "Chris, it's forty hours. Like that's what you're paying me for." Like I painted a wall, I organized all of your merch, <laughs> I mailed all of your merch, I put seat like your DVD packages together. Like I did everything, and then I would then he would occasionally let me open for him. And it was such a different crowd. Like, those people were for Christopher Titus. Like, they mm-hmm. listened to his podcast. They bought his shit. Like, and he's, like, not a person who's, like, a clicky comic. Like, he's friends with Bill Burr, but he doesn't go out with Bill Burr. Like, he doesn't just go and do, jump around and do all the shows like Bill does. Mm-hmm. He's more of a, like, stay-at-home guy than go out on the weekends and do his shows all over the country. So... I would do like the California stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understood it. Like he's like a small business and he's not going to pay for me to also go to like some of these other places. But the California stuff I got to do and like getting to open for him was, I mean, a gift to have like 2000 people. Yeah. Like the best time I had in comedy. This is part of the problem is like I used to open for Owen uh, Benjamin. Oh, yeah. He's now like persona non grata in yeah, half is he the in world. Buffalo or something? Uh, I don't. I think he's in Seattle now. But he's okay. also like you know. Uh, well, Alex Jones calls him a thought criminal. So he's just. It's just divided the the country. Like so, I. So I had a lot of like I would do a lot of shows and then I have fans there. But it's like it's a weird. It's it's hard to mix being 
in Hollywood and scientists because scientists yeah. are very pretty much hard to the left, and he's like he's legit gone to moon landing conspiracies and stuff, which is oh which, good, yeah, which is it's the natural progression. That's how it works because he, he, he's because he, I mean I mean some people I do this. need to do stand up and need to be on stage and need uh, to like divulge all of their ideas onto a crowd of people because it's an addiction. It's like if you lose it, it's like literally I never had you know, it. Yeah, I never. I liked. I mean, I I. You know, not to brag, but I felt like I had good stage presence and I was comfortable in front of people. You were so very comfortable. In front really, of just talking yeah. was fun, and then like trying to write. And I'm not a great writer. Like me and my buddy wrote this pilot, and I'm I say me and him, mm-hmm. but he wrote it. I would just throw an idea, and I'd be like, "What if this happened?" He'd be like, <laughs> "Okay, well, how?" I'm like, "I don't know. Uh, I don't well, write." That sounds, that sounds like good uh, actor material right there. <laughs> yeah, because then somebody else writes it. Somebody else writes it. And I'm, <laughs> I'm I, exactly the opposite. All the time I've tried to do acting, if it's not improvisational, I just mess it up. I am so bad at yeah, memorizing lines. Yeah, you did great lines. at it. You know, like, oh, we I just like gave you like an lines. idea. Like, yeah. just, just be, be an asshole to me as I'm leaving all excited. <laughs> hey, put, quit leaving your shit in our store, which was great. And you should watch him in the uh, in the opening sketch of my comedy special. Even if you don't watch the rest of it. Just watch that. It's only That's 30 funny. minutes. Like, what do you have to do? <laughs> And it's probably not even good. And if it's bad, you can't even leave me a terrible comment because it was free. <laughs> That's right. So And also he's now on Orville. So And I'm on Orville and I'm gonna be with in a Seth movie McFarland. with Well the movie so I, I gotta I gotta tell you my Seth's story. So I don't even know if I would have gotten this show if it wasn't for like so I stood in for him on season one. I was his lighting double, you know, and his mm-hmm. body double, and I also like hand. Are you guys about the same him. size? Yeah. I've never met him, so yeah, he's oh, okay. he's uh we're we're very very similar in size. If if anything, like one of us is a half an inch in one of the directions. Can you do an impression of him? Can you do like more like a tent? I don't I don't know. He does that thing where he tightens words at the end. Can you do one? Yeah, no, I can't. You know, he's, oh, man. he's so good at impressions. And I, I can do impressions of like the worst things, like some guy in Jersey. Like that's my impression. <laughs> like or like a Boston guy. Like there's this girl that's from Boston on the show I'm working on now and like I always like say like what is like because her and her boyfriend are both from Boston. Uh-huh. So I'm like, what what's sex like between you two? Is like, well, all of a sudden he's like, oh, Tom Brady's a goat, and like that's when you know he's done. <laughs> and she just like she starts laughing. I'm like, you're not answering me. Is this true? And she's like, oh, Red Sox, let's go. Like, is that how? That's what sex is between those two. But like, that's those are my you know. I feel like I could do Family Guy characters like that. Uh, that would like I could do a Peter impression. Oh yeah, it's too easy though. Is but it? do it. Do is it? it? Yeah, just do it. Do it. Okay, well I'll tell you what. All okay, right. so. In Malibu, it's uh, when I say it's it's not that it's easy. It's just that his voice is so annoying on purpose. Like, oh yeah, you know, like you can just go, ah, you know, yeah, you yeah, kind of got, got well, it. Well, this is I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do the sounded like a dolphin, but all right. embedded in a story with Seth. So okay. <laughs> we're in we're in Malibu and we're filming this episode, which was called Home, which aired already this season. Mm-hmm. And I okay, so for the second season, I was a production assistant. So I went from being his body double or lighting double to even I took a <laughs> demotion to being a PA, which is like you're there all the time, all day, That's every exhausting. day. It's that exhausting. Is work. <laughs> and I ran background. This is why I haven't made it in Hollywood. I think it's, it's number one. Re- well, one, I can't act very well. Two, I can't remember lines. Three, I do not do work for other people. Oh, I would literally need an assistant there, and you can't. You, you only get that at the end of your career. You right. get it at the end. Yes. Not at the beginning. No, and that's that's, that's <laughs> the, the hardest thing. The and I, assistant. You know, turning to a PA, I think, is what helped me get the part because I think they just took pity on me. But so. <laughs> And I can tell you that story, too, of how I got the part. It wasn't a gift. I actually, you know, I had to audition for it. Like, it was a whole thing. So I actually got to do, like, that was my one thing. Anyway, let me tell the story. So, <laughs> so we're in Malibu with this house. It's like this $47 million house because it's on the beach in Malibu just across the line of Ventura County. So we're waiting for Seth to finish up at base camp, hair, makeup, all that. And he was in this, like, space suit and everything. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting for him to get there. And I'm standing in the... You're going to be human, right? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm going to be me. Yeah. yeah. So I, that I can tell you, I'm sure. Like, right. Yeah, I'm going to be yeah. in orange. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm an engineer. I figured that. You're you're a handsome guy. So I was pretty sure they weren't going to be like, eh, let's put bumps on his face. Well, I'll tell you that. So I, I auditioned for two parts whenever I got this one. So. Was one so we're... we're it was. So we're, we're, we're waiting for Seth to come in. I'm, I'm sitting at the... Uh, I'm sitting in the driveway and all of a sudden seth gets dropped off and i'm like hey seth you know landed he's coming down and he's in a good mood and he walks past me and he's like oh hey mac how are you and i'm like 
What? That was good. And yes. he doesn't and he doesn't do the voice ever solicited. So like and I'm like, I'm looking around to see if anybody else heard it, and his assistant was there and he goes, He never does that voice. Like that's really awesome. crazy that he you're, actually did the voice. Bequeathed or He's like, yeah, he's like, it was like, he's like, oh, hey, Mac, you how ever are you? in the shower? I just came up with that. All right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, that's, you. A, that's a tag. <laughs> so that's that's the only thing. And he was in a really good mood, and it was fun, and uh, we did that scene, and we were there for... Forever? <laughs> I mean, I worked on average like 14 to 15 yeah. hours now, a day. Now, originally, we were supposed to go, you were supposed to give me a tour and set. Jimmy gave me a tour. That's okay. I know Jimmy better. Wait, uh, Jimmy gave you a tour of the Orville set? Uh, no. <laughs> No, oh, Jimmy. Uh, no, no, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Yang uh, let me watch his big closer for Silicon Valley. And it was oh, nice. awesome. And I went there with uh, some of the cast of Crazy Rich Asians before the movie came out. It was Ooh. awesome. And they were treating us so nice. See, it you was have awesome. a, see that's yeah. that's a power play. Like, yeah. use that friend. Like, I but mean, that was also like his scene. Like, right. It was a. It's a really good scene. It was. It was very. It was. Uh, I couldn't talk about it at the time, but I'm now it's come out. I mean, he's. They did this really elaborate casino setup with like actual working cause like um casino machines. What are those called? <laughs> slot machines. Uh, slot machines. Yeah. Casino and, machines. And they like they faked a real casino in China and like and they had all these extra. I mean, it was really elaborate. And he just had a couple lines on the thing, and it was like the closer of the episode. So oh, I mean, yeah, the season. Yeah. Of the season. So and it was like a really big deal. Yeah, I think he, I love that show. Yeah, like he's so he's so good at yeah, but I love that show. It, it's although Mike Judge wasn't there, but yeah, whatever. Nah, that's a bummer. Well, see, it's like it's weird because like you know he's such a good character actor now with that mm-hmm. whole thing, and I I you know whenever I audition, I didn't even audition for the Croatian movie. Like the guy was like, I was like literally, I said, well, my mom's or my grandma is from Croatia. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, Disney rules, and he goes, that's Disney rules. He goes, oh, so you can do it? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, no. And then I, they had a, they had a. You know Disney's rules, though. Jimmy told me this. No, you can't have a character voiced or acted by someone not of that actual ethnicity. That's their new oh, rule to be, you know, to it, which I think is. It's a great yeah. idea. That's yeah. a great rule. So, it, like by Disney rules, it's like you're the first Croatian I found. So, but then uh, ben, ben Kingsley would have never gotten the Gandhi role, right? <laughs> That'd be like, well, Jimmy's exa- uh, Jimmy's favorite example is that um, uh, um, John Wayne played Genghis Khan. <laughs> Uh, it was like, like I can play Genghis Khan, but he actually he turned that joke into an episode or a bit on uh, Drunk History, which is pretty funny. So oh, check nice! That out too, where he plays Genghis Khan, he like lived out his joke awesome. in real life afterwards. It was I think that's awesome. my my goal is if I could do Drunk History, I'll, I'll feel like I'll have made it. Like this this episode of the Orville was, in a way, like a dream. Like I got the way that it happened was. I never would have thought it would have happened. Like, you know, I got the call from central casting to see if I wanted to be Seth's lighting double. Like they just called mm-hmm. me like, Oh, we thought of you. I'm like, great. Yeah, that sounds cool. So I did the pilot mm-hmm. and then I got to come back for the whole first season. And then the second season, they called me again and they said, do you want to do, you know, season two? And I said, I actually want to get into production. I want to be more integral and like learn more and like be there to watch it all. And I thought mm-hmm. I would be able to like, cause as a stand in, you're only there when your actor's there. Yeah. So when Seth wasn't there, which was, I mean, out of 130 days, I worked 128. Like he was almost always there. But when he was wrapped as an actor, he would still sit there and be there for the rest of the day. Whereas I would go home. Mm-hmm. So I thought if I was a PA, I could like really learn and absorb and watch and watch the actors and watch everything and be able to like really see it. But I was the background PA, which meant I was the guy in charge of getting everybody dressed, getting everybody hair and makeup, getting all of that. And I never was ever on set ever. <laughs> so it kind of backfired. And then I also like walked away from acting, walked away from stand up. I was like, I'm taking a break or I'm just done forever and I'm going to get into the production side. So you're really into these clean breaks, man. You're like, Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You, I, you just told me about two of them. Oh, too. I, th- I think two years ago I said I'm moving back to Pittsburgh. I'm done. Right. And then that's whenever I got all of this stuff, and I was like, then like things just started falling in place. I was right. like, oh, well, I guess You're I like, can't if I'm leave. Not a, I imagine that's almost like the the secret or something. You know, that is that just oh, sounds yeah. like a thing. It's like I'm just gonna demand LA have me be. You know, if I'm not in a movie by a year from now, You're done, done LA. I'm leaving. <laughs> well, that's why I also said I said this might be my last year in LA, 2019, because. I booked the Orville. I booked this movie with Jay mm-hmm. Lee and Seth Green is in it. Uh-huh. So I yell at Seth Green and Emmy Raver uh, Lampman, who's going to be in this new uh, The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Okay, awesome. Um, I'm in a scene with those two and Jay Lee, and I'm a cop, and I'm yelling like uh-huh. 
foaming at the mouth pretty much yeah, just I like going off posting the photos of you in a cop uniform and it, for a while it seemed like they were different ones like you're getting typecast as a yeah. guy in a cop uniform i was a cop in so many different things but it was background but it's okay uh, but it doesn't it matter that's how bills. you move up right it's you like, got it i mean hey, i, I look at it as it's like there? let's bring that guy a little bit closer paid <laughs> to learn yeah speaking of the background so i've talked about this previous podcast but i i do science consulting sometimes and i got a really fun uh, gig where I was helping reconstruct this Apollo era training session for the Ooh. astronauts for a Brian Cranston Ford commercial that it was supposed to be for the Super Bowl. It came out a little bit earlier though. Um, anyway, uh, I put all this work in it. I put all these equations. Everything's exactly right. And then the ad comes out. It's like Brian Cranston's in the foreground. He's like, like these guys working hard. And then it just everything's blurry in the background. It's just this <laughs> must have been like a hundred, two hundred thousand uh, dollars set. It is there for like three seconds. That's how they do it. I know. <laughs> that's oh my that's God, how you sets. make it real, people. Uh, the, it's the, the suspension of belief. No, every every set I've ever worked on is like that. They're like, uh, when I worked on Thor, it's just like this has to be accurate. This has, because they never know what the director is going to do. Right. They have no idea. It's like, yeah, that could be the background, or that could be they want to zoom in right there. Oh yeah, and, and you know, you just they don't know. They make you know? things so super. Yeah, like the engine room and everything. Like, I mean, for season three, I haven't even decided if. I mean, if we get season three, I don't oh, even know on. what's going to be happening. It. It's really good. I get. I gotta say this. Uh, as as somebody, I watched Star Trek as a kid. My my mom, my family was Star Trek fans and everything. It's really traumatizing, actually. But I'll I'll open oh. up to you about that. But uh, I feel like Orville, and I'm sure uh, Seth did this on purpose, is like probably the best recreation of the original Star Trek. Not su- not special effects wise, right? But like plot and structure wise, like the the moralizing lessons have a little bit more of the like like more relevant and less complex like like in the newer ones every time they've tried to make new star trek spinoffs um not the movies the movies i think they went back to that too but they've they've tried and you're you're just looking at me blankly like i I have no idea where you you literally are talking to me about uh you could be making uh, all this up and i'm like yeah this is the this is the most poignant (laughs) conversation about star trek i've ever heard and i believe it but because the new ones were really for like uh uh you know for real hardcore fans right um the ones with like chris pine in that no no those were no by the hardcore fans i mean like the really nerdy fans really went for the spinoffs like star trek the next generation and oh god voyager it. like uh um robert picardo was in and stuff like that well yeah there's but, a lot of it. like robert McNeil McNeil was a director yeah. and uh jonathan frakes was a director of orville and really oh yeah. wow frakes wow. is great he's tall right yeah, he's right a, he's yeah. A, but he's like so nice and he's such a big personality like uh-huh. and he's not much like he was Does very he, like swing his arms when he oh, says cut yeah. like cut he's yeah. like like, I'm waiting for my thespians. And, he says that. and the best was, like, whenever we were, like, doing, like, if we were on the bridge uh, and, like, there's, like, this battle scene, he'd be sitting back there. He'd be like, crap, three, two, one, crap. And he's, like, <laughs> rocking back in his, his chair. And he's, like, he's, he's crazy. And I'm watching. I'm like, this is, like, the most entertaining I've ever <laughs> See, like it's it's like this is like the best behind the scenes. And then McNeil was so chill. Mm-hmm. And then of course uh, our DP is Marvin Rush for the first two seasons. I don't know who that is. He was a DP mm-hmm. of uh, he's a director of photography for uh, Next Gen. Oh, okay. So Seth really went for. I, I, I don't get so deep in the oh, fandom. The special but I know who the DP stuff is. is like the J.J. Abrams guys, yeah. the Star Wars guys, like. There's I can definitely no feel, shortage. I feel like the style is is like trying to be in line with the next generation, which was good. I like the style. I feel like the one. filming is everything's filmed in primes. It's not you know zoom lenses. There, I mean, a zoom lens is when we absolutely have to, but it's all primes. So like on a zoom lens, if you want to go from a fifty to a sixty-five, it's a ring turn. If you want to do it on primes, it's the lens change. So it's mm-hmm. like you know, it's everything is very I'm nod. Like I know what you're yeah, talking well, about. I, I know, I've never gotten like the, that that's, deep. See, that's what I've gotten to learn is like being, you know, I, I, I know so much more. Like it's like getting paid to go to acting yeah. school. Yeah. You know, I, I like doing the consulting just for that too. That's one of my favorite parts. Just seeing all the behind this. I mean, this blew my mind. They were building, they were so behind schedule of this commercial and they're just like, and it's like Brian Cranston needs to come in. So, you know, you have to get it done. God. And they were just like, they had been trying to figure out how to get it. And they're just like, like fuck it we're just gonna we're gonna build a scale like a two scale life-size model of the lunar lander and they just 
They just like in just a week they built this entire thing, and I'm just I'm like I've never been able to get to walk up to this thing in real life, you know, like as a and it was right around the time First Man came out too. Oh, okay. So it was like extra amazing because it was like I was I was all excited to go see First Man. Have you seen it? No, it's really not good. yet. Go I want to see it. it. It's amazing. See it. It's like the closest you're gonna come to landing on the moon. Really? Yeah. And so and there they have the same thing. They have you know they that have a Chazelle, lunar lander Chazelle, where it's just like there. And it just blew my mind how big this thing was. I was always thought it was like this tiny little thing because that you know Buzz Aldrin's always talking about how crammed they were in oh, there. Oh yeah, but it doesn't change the fact there's like there's a bunch of rockets and space tanks and or fuel tanks and stuff. This thing was enormous and it was so cool to see. And they That's were just cool. they just had the the complexity of all these people. They had all these stagehands just bringing in. Like moving stuff around like super fast, just trying to get it done in time. And That's amazing. Well, yeah, it's like whenever like on, you know, any show that I work on, if it's green screen stuff, like they'll build part of it and then green screen the rest. Like one of the ships, it's, you know, the, the ceilings are about like they are in here. You know, it's like eight foot, ten foot ceilings, whatever. And then it'll just be green screen. So like whenever you see it in post and you see everything, it's like, how do they do that? So, <laughs> and I see how like when you look at a setup up close, I mean, it looks chintzy like but right. on tv it looks even in high def like it looks so yeah. real like well this is funny how rubbery it looks yeah well those life. are made on a 3d printer oh okay yeah I oh think. yeah look at that it looks yeah. like it i bet they're 3d printing and laser cutting is like it, oh. it's almost getting to the point where it's bugging me because i see it so much now well the company that made those now, they're I'm called like, thingergy uh, uh -huh. they made the, they made all of these they made the shoulder boards they make isaac's suit they make a lot of the like really cool like futuristic stuff mm -hmm. um and then so yeah the finger g guys are just like the, the coolest stuff and like the special effects makeup uh howard Berger with like k and b effects they do walking dead mm -hmm. and they do all, like he's he's also mark um what's his name Wahlberg's personal makeup guy he's been with them for like ever oh okay so jimmy's probably met him too Jimmy's, oh, our lives are like a like a network of spider webs. It's a maybe. it's a it's a small town of three million people. It's crazy, <laughs> right? And they're all at the same open mic, <laughs> <laughs> and they're all just like jaded, waiting. Right. Like, oh, that's not fair. I have a fart in the shower joke, but mine's political. <laughs> yours is, yours is derivative, <laughs> or even yeah. Offensive. Dare I say, derivative. More. <laughs> you ever uh, fart in a shower and come up with a, a space-time continuum? <laughs> That's what I'm expecting. I don't even know why. I The first stand-up show I ever did was in Butler, Pennsylvania, which is where Brett Michaels is from, from okay. Poison. So name drop. Um, mm -hmm. I think you've officially... I, I'm, I'm counting around 20, I think. I will you name have drop. name drop... <sighs> More people than any other guest on the show. I used to be embarrassed about it. We're going to have but... to like release a like a yeah. like a list or. <laughs> people are reference. always embarrassed about name dropping, but you ever been at like a family reunion? And you're talking about like other family that isn't there. People accuse you of being an asshole. Then it's like, oh, this guy knows everybody in the family. But like, if I'm talking about like stories of people, like yeah, I said Seth Green and Emmy Raver, and she's awesome by the way. Anyway, and like all these people, it's like yeah, I'm a name drop. Because I know them, I've met them, and you haven't. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane, he knows my name. Big fan of science too. Yes, he loves science. Yeah, yeah. I got. To, oh, that was the other thing. Uh, one of the days, um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on set because he wanted to check it out. Mm -hmm. Like that awesome. was because they oh, also so he do, gets a tour. Well, he's a he producer of yeah. Cosmos. Yeah. Oh, I know. Seth is. Oh, I absolutely know that. Yeah. The new season seems like it's going to be pretty cool. I have a hat. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Is that a that's an apparel drop? <laughs> hopefully it's not a red hat because that's apparently not allowed now so. no it's a no black more. hat with white lettering okay. I think they were very conscious whenever they chose yeah that one right. yeah that font whatever <laughs> just put it on here I love how we've just reduced ourselves to Bloods and Crips rules now yeah it's like <laughs> yeah red hat means red you're hat. racist <laughs> It doesn't matter what it says. Like the entirety of the the Cincinnati Reds baseball team is like shit, because it's a red hat with a white letter. You know what else is red and white? The KKK flag. Right. Good point. That's I what think they there's all... black in there too, which is kind of ironic. <laughs> there's no black I guess. in the KKK. I there is. I, thought... so I don't know. I didn't. You I... know, I did just watch Black Klansman. Uh, uh, did you see that? No. Oh, is it good? It is good, and it's also like. The end of it is sad because Spike Lee is like really good at getting people to feel things. Um, mm -hmm. It's great. 
in uh what's his name denzel washington's name drop uh son <laughs> you, it's not a name drop if you just know it's a who's reference in a okay. movie <laughs> and adam driver's in it name drop you're gonna need a uh, you're gonna need a dustpan to pick up all these names i'm dropping right. except you can't name the movie that adam driver's roomba. most famous for now <laughs> do you have a roomba name drop do you oh, have to get i can name drop i've worked on part of the roomba so and you also name been saying you you <laughs> you know what i heard that if you say things like products that they'll send them to you if you're on a, like a like a tv show or something really? like oh yeah yeah on a tv show, so there yeah. you go roomba. oh no i had the opposite uh we i had the opposite where companies were asking me to try and get stuff on the set of big bang theory because i know the the science consultant oh and it's just like it's the opposite there it's not like they're just sending it to it's like you're annoying the hell out of it was like our set is crammed with everyone's crap there's no more room uh. to promote and if you look at their set like oh, it's, it's crammed yeah it's just like random like what is that called kitsch or keech or something whatever what it's kitsch yeah. yeah there's kitsch all over it's like nobody like if you go into a real caltech postdocs apartment it's like there's a chair and like the walls are blank. No, they might have none books, of them just have like like oh I'm gonna keep my my oh, yeah, three dimensional. All... I'm gonna keep my giant DNA model and right. like eight types of robots from that each cost eight thousand. Any short film that I yeah. ever do, I always try to include. If I'm in any control of it, I always try to include something from Pittsburgh. Yeah, nice. I always try to do that. like this shirt. I'm wearing it. <laughs> yeah, you're even though it might right never. Here. You just air. name dropped Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, it's this. It's this clothing company called Steel City Clothing, and they're the best. <laughs> so this is why you don't get paid. This is why you don't yeah. get paid to do podcasts. You literally just come in and you and you get a couple thousand people to plug to. And right I, there. I buy their shirts. So really, I'm giving them free advertising to people who I don't know if this is. I don't know if this podcast is big in Pittsburgh, but <laughs> uh, it probably does. We probably have a couple hundred people there. They have a um, website. You know that they can go and get Steel City clothing. It's great. Okay, awesome. It's Pittsburgh-related yeah, shirts. Hey, if you like Pittsburgh, I'd, I thought I'd put some news in here since normally we have a scientist with their own news, Ooh. and you're just from a fake science. I'm from thing, fake so. science, <laughs> but I thought you might want to hear. This is just announced very recently that uh, they found this the furthest object from the in our solar system. It's four times the distance of Pluto. It's a dwarf planet, and uh, they call, nicknamed it Far Out. So because it's far out, it's far out. So yeah. a dwarf planet is one that has, it's a star. No, no, no. That's There's a, a dwarf star though. There is brown dwarfs, red, uh, white dwarfs. Those are are, those are, a type of star. Okay. But dwarf planet is like a planet that's too tiny to, like, give a shit about. Even so, though it's three times the size of. Wait, how no, big no, is it? No, oh no, no, no. This is different. This is different. Oh. This is news we have already. <laughs> oh. So wait, let's... Although, you know, just parallel time universe thing, I guess this will be out by the time that other one is out. So <laughs> then they just... found... So this is a dwarf planet called Far Out. It's only 300 miles across. So let me just give you an idea of how small this thing is. That's like Australia. Yeah. But, like, compared to the moon, it's like a tenth the size of the moon. So if it was even at the distance of the moon, you know, orbiting Earth... You'd just be able to see the like disc of it. It'd be very bright, but you would just see. It. You'd barely be able to tell it's a circle. Huh. So then, why did they eye. find it? Well, they found it with giant telescopes that are looking for these things. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the reason these things, these objects are so Look interesting. Look what's to the right. See, this stuff's <laughs> listening to us. I know. <laughs> There's an ad for Black Klansmen to the right of right. this story, <laughs> which means they're Thanks definitely listening. Again, uh, Alexa or whatever is doing this. I was just this. behind a guy that had a Northern Arizona University tag. <laughs> they're always listening. What? what? <laughs> oh my God. Alexa, stop! <laughs> I have to plug her into this thing to get the recording because unfortunately she's probably not going to come out. But I, I, whenever she interrupts the the podcast like that, it's just it's always it's <laughs> crazy amazing. like that. Because so as I, I said, gonna, they're listening to I us, and then all of a sudden she starts going. Her be like one of the <laughs> one of the co-hosts from now Might on. Might as well. But wait, I just so I just saw a Northern University. Northern Arizona University's uh, bumper sticker on my way here. Dude, that is so creepy. It's on a Prius. Uh-huh. Who do you know? Uh, in Northern... What? That's just weird. Yeah, That's so that random. Weird. And that it's random that creepy. I looked at it and noticed it. Get of our minds, uh, <laughs> internet. No, that's but Boston, it's, it's Univers- Boston pretty- <laughs> Science 
the the Boston Science is that what it, they're Boston? What is it? Boston, Boston Dynamics. Dynamics. Yeah, those, those things are oh scary. <laughs> there's also another guy. Um, the guy uh, like kicks it and it like stumbles and stays up. Uh, there's this other one, and I really want to do a sketch about this. Maybe hey, hey actually, would you want to be in a sketch if I ever do one? Or are you yeah. just too busy with actual God, ho- no. real Hollywood work? <laughs> no, because you know what? I mean. Nothing has happened. I auditioned for a show after the Orville, and I never heard from them again, which I think is a good sign. <laughs> it was an ABC show called The Fix or uh-huh. something like that. It hasn't even aired yet, uh, or maybe it is. But I, I auditioned, and uh, yeah, <laughs> they said no. Or they didn't say anything. Used to be auditioning all the time. I'd see you posting like, "I did eight auditions today. I was a cop twelve times." That kind of thing. I know. And then I haven't auditioned in two years. And I, I asked the Orville, the powers that be at the Orville. I said, "You know, I'd really like to." Just you know, I've never been in the big room and like actually auditioned for like a major show except for once, and I, it was for Mom, and I didn't get it. It was for a tattoo artist, which I obviously wasn't believable enough as a tattoo artist. Um, and uh, I asked if I could just you know try and audition and actually go through it. And and I auditioned for two different parts. One was a krill, the alien guy, you know, uh-huh, the white that, alien guys. And, and so that's some of the that's some makeup there. Oh right? yeah, it's a full prosthetic. I guess what's nice about there is you can you can double up on a couple of episodes because like you know. Yeah, <laughs> if you're if you're all if you're in the makeup, you can come back as a Klingon or oh, dude, that's wrong, wrong brand, wrong, yeah. wrong universe. <laughs> well, if Seth, if Seth was so kind, um, then yeah, I could come back as an alien, you know. Um, but that was a thing. Like, I, I went in audition though, and I did two of the auditions and I got this part, which is what I wanted, which is it's you know nameless, it's just ensign or crewman, you know. Um, but on the day, like it was. You know, I'm sitting in my trailer for six hours, it felt like. And then all of a sudden, they knock on. They're like, okay, we're ready. And it's like, you can just go up there. And it's like, you're sitting around doing nothing. I'm watching, like, Mari Povich in my trailer. And uh, you go up there, and it's like, okay, we're ready. We're going to rehearse. And it's like, I'm sitting there. The scene's with Seth. And it's just, like, crazy. It's like, okay, go, go, go. And then it's like, all right, uh, go and get ready. You get wired, and then you do all the thing. And you do after you're done with the rehearsal and the marking. And then you sit there, and you're, like, kind of just, like, going over your lines and just you know trying not to freak out too much and not be too nervous and stay in it and the worst part is since i worked on the show everybody's messing with me and it's like it's a serious <laughs> scene they're all like ah mark go fuck yourself and i'm like dude I'm a, this is a serious scene like ha, it's great and like you know they're all like you know happy and everything and like you know and it's like too comfortable you know so uh, then we do the scene and people are messing with me in between then it's like okay ready action i have to do my lines and then like Cut like oh my god! Like what's happening? <laughs> and everybody's like messing with me again. And then, and then like so, one of the ads, one of the assistant directors. It's it's nice that like I, I was working on the show and I actually got to hear all this stuff. So Seth and the director of the episode, John Kassar, because Seth watches all the playback. Like nothing goes on without his words. So mm-hmm. that's also like terrifying. Kind of a controlling guy, yeah. That's also terrifying. Like if yeah. you're not doing a good enough job, Seth will just be like. I mean, I've seen him recast people, so it's like, oh god, like yeah. what's gonna that happen? Makes so. Sense. In the room, That's like, like he's his comedy it. style too. It's like that was terrible. Yeah, you know that would just be his joke. Yeah. I do a Peter saying that was terrible. Ah, it's crap. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah, it's like you gotta be fucking kidding me. If they, if they could say like, it's like that's yeah. okay. We'll throw it out. Um, but. I'm getting over a sinus cold, so it's probably not as good. Like, (laughs) no, that's perfect. (laughs) Goodness, like, like, yeah. So it's like trying to do that, and then I heard that he said, and I can't even tell you what it is. What he said, he's like, ah, it's a shame because you know Mark's doing a great job, and I'm like, but you can change it. You have the power. You're the man. You're the guy. But it was so much fun to get to do, and I got to do my own stunts, which was awesome. Like once once the show airs, I'll send you the pictures of like the behind the scenes stuff with like the stunt work and stuff. It was so much fun. And it's just like, that was like the greatest day. And then like the next day, I had to go back to being a PA. Like talking about like <laughs> like life hitting you in the face is going back to your day job after getting to be like in the show and like act with like, you know, the show runner, star of the show, titan in the industry. Uh-huh. I mean, like Seth is a powerhouse as far as like what he's done, you know, mm-hmm. Ted and Family Guy and all that kind of stuff. And this is his, this is his dream though orville i can tell he loves it it's, it's his great. dream and, and to he, be he able must to be, be a star trek fan for sure oh yeah he, absolutely he is so here's a funny thing uh i don't know if you know this but star wars star trek are both considered in the marvel universe because they're both 
indirectly owned by Disney or directly, I guess, owned by Disney now, which is kind of already weird. But then on top of it, there's like a Kermit the Frog in the Orville. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's, I mean, is that just, is that his place? Like now this is going to, they're all going to be in the same universe. Damn it. I mean, I think it's just going on. I think it's just Seth is such a huge Kermit fan. I I, I think it's just going to be like a spinoff of, uh, you know, like religion in the future where it's like, people are going to be having, you know, weird crossover episodes where yeah. like like well, Yoda beams on board the Was that <laughs> Hanna Barbera? No, that they're owned by Disney now too. Or no, he said yeah. something Disney Seth, owns everything. Said, Disney owns you. They just haven't yeah, they haven't told, they haven't you told yet. me yet. Yeah, Seth sent a packet whenever he you was in grade school to <laughs> I think it was it might have been what's his name? Jim Henson. Uh-huh. He sent a bunch of like writings and stuff, and Kermit the Frog was the first voice he learned. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, that makes so sense. So that's he does what voices. his yeah, yeah, it was the first voice he mastered. Uh-huh. So Kermit is very important to him, and that that Kermit the Frog is not just some, you know, that's mm-hmm. like the original Kermit the Frog stuffed. Right, and there was already deep connection there, like Yoda's Kermit the Frog. Also, I mean, that was Jim Henson. Also. Oh, no wonder they sound alike. Yeah. It's like oh, Bobby's yeah, Bobby's yeah. world and the uh like uh, Yoda is just an eight hundred year old Kermit the Frog who has the force. I mean that's literally what it is. <laughs> oh, he does I talk mean, just that way. like put them next to each other sometime. You'll see you'll see it. It's well, just like oh he mel- yeah, he's eight hundred years old. Let's okay. just change the let's just change the cadence <laughs> right. of the voice. He's a little wrinkly, his uh his ear hair. Like, <laughs> a connection of rainbow it is. <laughs> that's good that's it and then they fucked it up by having him fight with a lightsaber oh my god the cheers that that thing got (laughs) like i was in the you know it's funny because i so i went and saw ant-man and the wasp Mm -hmm. which i love paul rudd i would watch him like also really good science consulting on that we had the science consultant for that show on here yeah it was great Oh, for the Ant Man and the Wasp, mm-hmm. yeah. see that's one guy really like famous, uh, not really famous, but a, a physicist at Caltech who studies uh, quantum mechanics. And Paul Rudd is really into. He's just like Seth MacFarlane. Wow. He's really into it himself. He's like, I want this to sound real. I want to, and he he like they worked on it together, and <laughs> it was that's pretty awesome. cool. Well, that's good because you know, then you know, you, the the more educated it is, the more entertaining it is because yeah, there's no yeah. there's no question if they're answering it for you. You know, yeah. it's like, well, how does this happen? It's like, oh, with all the science and it's all backed, but like that was like the same. That's oh, that just derailed the whole thing. It was just more of like <laughs> I do that. Well, like in, that in Marvel shows, you know, it was always Stan Lee had made some cameo somewhere. Mm-hmm. So there was these people. I took my daughter to see it, and there was these people sitting up front, and I, it was like their biggest moment was whenever Stan Lee popped up and did his little line, and then they were like, "Yes, uh. <laughs> oh, like they were so excited. It's like, is that that's the only thing? Like, oh, we love it. Like we're just the biggest fans, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, my kids only know Stan Lee from those cameos. And it's and they, that's what got them sad when he died was just like they felt like, you know, this meta character had just been. I think his first down. cameo that I remember, the mm. first cameo I ever remember him being in was Mallrats. Oh, I didn't know he's in that. Remember that? No, you. Oh, so uh, in Mallrats, so like. Okay, this is gonna be weird. Go and very inappropriate for my my age and everything. But I haven't seen Mallrats. Oh, you gotta yeah. see Mallrats. Yeah. And uh, I've been told that by everybody. Well, I've then it. it's well then you're. What are you doing? <laughs> now you're just letting everyone down. You should see the the Star Wars that have Adam Driver in them. I like <laughs> Adam Driver. That. Yeah, he's great. In it. He's, I liked him in Girls. I think that's the only reason he's why probably I one of Girls. the he's probably one of the best actors they've had in that. Well, he's amazing. Um, yeah, that's why you should watch Black Klansman. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's in that. Right. Right. Yeah. And he was great on SNL. That was funny. Oh, I didn't see him in SNL. Oh, he did a really funny... Well, if you see the Star Wars one, you can see his... He does, like, undercover bosses. Oh, really? As Kylo Ren. And the, like, stormtroopers are talking is shit that on, about him. Is that on Netflix? SNL? No, no it's no, on... No, 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 the, no. The, the Adam Driver episode of Star Wars. Uh, Yeah, probably. I don't... Well, it's on Amazon for sure. You remember Amazon, right? <laughs> I will. <yeah. laughs> you get everything. I mean, I have to pay for it. I probably. I don't know. There's oh. two now. There's two that he's in. Seven and eight. Oh my god! There's already eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then on top of it, there's two like sub spinoffs. It's oh Han. It's getting yeah. It's getting hardcore Disney. Or is it called Solo? It's called Solo. Yeah. Really not good. The Disney promised to... But I'm going to get shit for that, probably, for just saying that. Uh, Disney promised to back off. They're like, okay, we 
you know, like we thrust it in your face too much. It's like you've made like, them. They've made their money, right? Right. Like, off, like they they paid George Lucas like five hundred trillion dollars, uh-huh. and then they made it in they two movies. They gave him his own small moon. Yeah, there it is, and it's the dwarf moon. And don't make it a space station this time. We're on a real dwarf. Moon. Yes, just leave it alone. It's yours. <laughs> Probably does want one. Hey, Jamie Oliver. Yeah, I, like I, I saw him. Or no, I saw. Was it Jamie Oliver or Curtis Stone? I, I don't know because I can't mind read yet. I mean, the other Curtis guy Stone. can, but... <laughs> we were filming... Uh, you want me to mind read your name dropping? Yes. That's what just happened here. I saw... Yeah. You're like, okay, science. Name drop. <laughs> mind read my name drop. Get there before me. Before it hits the floor. Uh, yeah. That's So, just quick thing, though. The guy was saying that's creepy about this mind reading is it happens faster than you can be aware of what you're about to think that's not because yeah, that's said, like, that's like, said people that's, said it's like eerie that's speaking before thinking which is never a good idea no it's like apparently one part of your brain makes a decision and it takes like the it takes some time for the rest of your brain to kind of figure out what it is you decided that's and this thing is so fast that it could figure that out before you even your whole brain or as at the same time that your old brain is figuring oh out God, the terminator thing yeah. Every, you know skynet everybody like anytime anything's invented it's always skynet right all right. Well, um, man, Mark, it's great having you on here. Yeah. Um, I still want a tour of the Orville set next season if you're around. Um, I think that, I'm gonna, that's... I'm going to push that on. That's I'm fine. Push hard for that. Uh, I remember you wanted to... The whole problem was it was coming right towards the end of the season. And you're like, dude... Oh, Seth, so bad! Is, it's a nightmare. Yeah. We were like you were a month over filming or yeah. something. Yeah, it was. Uh, tensions were high all over the place because you know Fox is bearing down and Seth is you know such a creative guy but also like such a everything he wants everything to be like you know if it's got to come out of his head and land on the paper you know mm-hmm. and it's and land on the tv and you know, he's making a great product tonight it's it's fun to watch like, i really like it and yeah. i don't like a lot of tv shows nowadays i don't either uh, but i watch everything except for no. mazel oh. <laughs> oh i love that show oh I don't think I've ever loved a show more than I love Mrs. Maisel, other than like The Office. Oh. That's a good ender right there. Yeah. Rachel Brosnahan. Last, last, <laughs> last name, name drop. drop. I'm going to count them. <laughs> I think you broke uh, 40. <laughs> I'm just maybe yes. 30, 30, 40. We're going to go back, count them up. Thanks for being on Sure That You're Joking. Uh, if the episode isn't out, by the it will be but check out thorville episode do you know the name of it it's supposed to uh, it's called february uh the 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 episode name should be identity part two identity part two yeah all right that sounds awesome you're it's, not in part one no oh so you'll know if it's gonna air oh yeah next yeah. week once because part one once comes part out one it's uh yeah <laughs> it's just although it, how bad would it be is us just like no we gotta reshoot part two <sighs> crop mark out get him out of there <laughs> he ruins it why are we even replace him with it? a cartoon of peter because it's gonna be family guy in space now <laughs> yes be like ah, some sort of the worst before we go uh where can people like follow you talk to you bug you oh well i'm on i have a i have a Instagram is really the only thing I do. Oh, that's yep, usually figures, pictures yeah. of beer or burgers or <laughs> I don't do many. Uh, it's my it's at the Mamone. Uh-huh. M-A-M-M-O-N-E. All right. Yeah. Thanks for being on Shirley Joking. Thank you.